Today we discuss who should play on the third line for the Islanders along with a new assistant coach hired by the team. We've got that plus our Islanders birthday of the day and a whole lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've got a lot to talk about on today's show, but first, if you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to talk about on the show, feel free to send us an email, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings throughout this offseason. Any free agent signings, trade rumors, uh, coaching changes like the one we found out about on Thursday, uh, anything happening to these Islanders, we'll have it for you here on Locked On Islanders, so make sure you keep up with us on Twitter. We're going to start today's show with a question from a listener. Tommy from Brooklyn sends in an email, and he says, Out of curiosity, who do you think will be on the third line with Zach Parise and J.G. Pajot? Kyle Palmieri or Oliver Wallstrom? Thank you. I think either would be great. Uh, maybe Wally, because Parise could teach him a little more, but Palmieri would be a great sniper for the line with Parise and JG's hustle. I look forward to listening to the show each time. Very informative. Thank you. Let's go, Islanders. Tommy, thank you so much for the email and for the kind words about the podcast. And I think you've asked an interesting question. Yep, JG Pajot. Going to center that third line again this season. And Zach Parise almost certainly going to be on that third line along with Pajot. And you mentioned two candidates. I'm going to throw in a third, maybe even a dark horse fourth before we're all said and done. Uh, You mentioned Kyle Palmieri and Oliver Wallstrom. So let's start with those two. Kyle Palmieri, I think, would, as you said, make a good choice on this third line. 
He would give you goal scoring in the 15 to 25 goal range. And I think if there's any chemistry between Pajot and Palmieri, you would up the scoring ability of that third line significantly by putting Kyle Palmieri on the third line. It would also take some of the pressure off Palmieri. I know he struggled. He was playing hurt, according to a number of sources, early in the season. He struggled. And, you know, 15 goals at the end of the season, I know he had a number of them overturned, and some of those were questionable. But for a guy who was signed to be the top on the top line, 15 goals ain't going to get it done. In fact, on the second line... 15 goals, still not good enough. I think Palmieri is capable of getting back to the 20 to 25 goal mark. But he needs to play on the right line to do that. And having Parise, who hustles and digs pucks out of the corners, and Pajot, who hustles and can also shoot and pass very well, I think that that combined with the fact that Palmieri wouldn't have as much pressure on him if he is on the third line would be a good combination. And then you could always put Palmieri on the second power play unit to help up his goal total. And if he, look, if he if he gets into a groove on that power play, you could always move him up to the top six again. But I think it would be a good move. As far as Oliver Wallstrom is concerned, I think it's possible that Wally is on the third line and Tommy, I think you're right that he could learn a lot from Zach Parise and J.G. Pajot, for that matter. But here's the thing. If you're the Islanders, I don't think you want Oliver Wallstrom to be on the third line. Ideally, you want him on the second or the first line. Now, obviously, Wallstrom has to play better in order to earn that distinction. And this year's training camp... He's got a new coach. The bottom line is that Wallstrom and Barry Trotz did not always see eye to eye. And Trotz admitted he was trying to give Wally some tough love, to try to develop him into a more complete hockey player and to get him to be more consistent. And Trotz is right that Wallstrom needed to work on certain things when he didn't have the puck and certain facets of his game that were not as consistent as you would hope they would be. But for whatever reason, Wallstrom either didn't respond properly or didn't didn't pick up his game last year. If he does pick up his game, ideally, I think you put him on the second line. If he doesn't, I think the third line might be the place for him and he could learn by example. Uh, from Parise and Pajot, how to be a more well-rounded player. I'm going to throw a third name in there if he's still an Islander, and that is Anthony Bavillier. I know Bo has been considered uh, a player the Islanders might really want to try to trade uh, to move his salary, to give him more of an opportunity elsewhere, and I think Bavillier really could benefit from a, a, a new start with a new organization, although Lane Lambert, being the head coach, might provide him with a little bit of a fresh start here on the island as well. 
Bo would give the line a little more speed, which is something that, you know, Wallstrom is is certainly not a bad skater, but he doesn't add the speed element that Bavillier does. Uh, and I guess under those circumstances, Pajot would be sort of the guy who would shoot most often. Uh, so that would be a third possibility if, and again, it may be a big if, that Anthony Bavillier is still on the roster. And then as a fourth option, Kiefer Bellows. Again, a guy who may, if he really takes a big jump forward, be on the second line. He also may still be a black ace this year where he's going to play 25, 30, 35 games when people are injured or slumping or whatever. But if you want to see Kiefer Bellows start to develop and step forward, I would put Bellows on the list of possible people who are going to play on that third line. And Bellows would give you that guy who would shoot the puck. Not going to give you speed, but he'll give you size. And I think you could see a guy like, for example, Parise trying to, you know, get some rebounds, deflections, and, and screens set up for either Pajot or for Bellows, those, to me, would be the top four candidates. Uh, There are other guys out there who could step in, but those are the four that I think make the most sense as of now. Now, again, it matters if the Islanders do go out and get that top six goal scorer who we've been talking about. Certainly, if you add that goal scorer on the wing, it makes a lot more sense to move a guy like Kyle Palmieri down to either the second or third line. Uh, If you don't, you may need Palmieri in the top six, even though he, at this stage in his career, is ideally suited for a good team's third line and maybe a below-average team's second line, unless he proves otherwise. So, a lot of choices, We're still at the very end of July right now, so we'll see, uh, you know, how things change between now and the start of training camp. But, Tommy, thank you for the email, and I do appreciate uh, the question, and I think it was a good one. When we come back, the Islanders have hired a new assistant coach, and we have some listener feedback about the uh, fisherman jerseys, which we've been talking about on Wednesday's show. That, plus our Islanders' birthday of the day, and a lot more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite, Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. They have a light and chewy texture because they're made with marshmallow, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, like all Built Bars, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassles of making it, plus it's healthy for you. Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs are only 160 calories. They have a whopping 15 grams of protein. Run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It'll be a perfect treat, or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. Like all Built Bars, the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. 
That means they're healthy and tasty, and they are so good. What's great about Built is that all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So, uh, the Islanders have made a move, and a new coach hired today. One of the two assistant coaches that they announced were joining the team, Brian Weissman, not going to join the staff. No reason given, but John McClain has now been named an assistant coach. And McClain, who played almost 1,200 NHL games in 18 years, You may remember him most as a New Jersey Devil. Also played for the Sharks, the Rangers, and the Dallas Stars. Uh, But he also has a lot of experience as an NHL assistant coach. Last year, uh, he was with San Jose. Spent three years before that with the Coyotes organization. And from 2011 to 2014 was with the Hurricanes and was with the Devils from 2002 to 2009 and was an assistant coach on their cup-winning team back in 2003. So, as a player, he won a Stanley Cup. As an assistant coach, he has won a Stanley Cup. So, he certainly has the experience. And the other thing you need to know, when he was working as an assistant with the Devils, who was he working with? Oh, yeah, Lou Lamorello, who was running the Devils at that point, briefly was head coach of the Devils in the 2010-2011 season. Things didn't go that well. He only went 9-22-2 before giving way to Jacques Lemaire, who was there for the second time. So now you have Lane Lambert as the head coach, and Doug Huda and John McClain as your assistants. No word as to why Brian Weissman uh, is not going to be with the team, but that is the change. Now, one other note about John McClain. His son, Kyle, uh, played for Bridgeport last year, still under contract with Bridgeport, and had 10 goals and 24 points in 68 games with the Bridgeport Islanders a year ago. Wanted to talk a little bit more about the Fisherman jersey question. We talked about it on Wednesday's show. And Ken from Minnesota gave us uh, this email. Uh, I feel I should weigh in on the Fisherman jersey debate. As an owner of an original Todd Bertuzzi, I have personal perspective of what it was like in that day. Over the years, we felt an obligation as fans to go out and get the New Jersey design when presented. But the fishermen, more than any other, I could tell you, took, I took a lot of crap wearing it. It's hard to put in perspective to today's fans what was going on then. As the team was not playing well at all, ownership and management was questionable at best. The thought process of the powers that be may possibly have been that they needed to turn a page. Uh... But to propose that design as the uh, 
but to replacing the original logo couldn't have gone over in a worse way. To think that fans would embrace a logo change was ridiculous. To propose that design as an alternate jersey at a later date may have been a better bet. So, uh, right now, he's saying, Ken says that he would welcome the Fisherman jersey as a third jersey alternative. Uh, basically saying, bottom line, I would welcome the Fisherman more now as the third than back then. It's certainly better than that black abomination from the Barclays years. Thanks. Ken in Minnesota. A few other people commented uh, on our YouTube page as well. And it, it seems overall that if you remember the Fisherman jersey days, you're less than thrilled about thinking about those jerseys and that time again. But I think people welcome the Fisherman jerseys especially younger people, because they like the way they look. And as a third retro reverse jersey, it may not be such an unpopular move. I think that way you have the best of both worlds. The Fisherman jersey is still somehow affiliated with the team. It's not replacing the classic Islanders logo. And I think more importantly, you get the chance to add to the heritage of that jersey by making things better by having them. So hopefully, uh, you, you if you have them as the reverse retro jerseys and the team does well in them, you sort of create new memories and block out the negativity that was associated with the Fisherman jersey the first time around. Let's see what the team does, and certainly we will keep you up to date as to how the Islanders handle the Fisherman jersey situation uh, and what is going to be their retro uh, reverse third jersey this season. As soon as the announcement is made, we will have it for you here on Locked On Islanders. When we come back, we have our Islanders birthday of the day. An offensive defenseman who was only an Islander for part of one season but put up darn good numbers when he was Let's see if you can guess who that is. The season, by the way, 1988-89. We've got that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day. And uh, Saturday will be the 66th birthday of former Islanders defenseman Reed Larson. The native of Minneapolis, Minnesota, drafted by the Red Wings in the second round back in 1976, 22nd overall, so that would have been a first-round pick today. He was also drafted by the Minnesota Fighting Saints of the WHA back in 1974 in the 14th round, spent three years at the University of Minnesota, and then joined the Red Wings in 1976-77. Stayed in Detroit till the trade deadline in 85-86, then played for Boston, Edmonton, and then joined the Islanders midway through the 88-89 season. 33 games as an Islander, and in 33 games, 7 goals, 20 points, and 35 penalty minutes. Not bad for a defenseman on a team that had its struggles 
then was dealt to the Minnesota North Stars, where he finished the season, played briefly for Buffalo, and then finished his career in Europe and the IHL. Even played six games for the Minnesota Arctic Blast of the Roller Hockey International League in 1994. For his NHL career, Reed Larson, 222 goals, 685 points, and 1,391 penalty minutes in 904 career games. He was really an offensive defenseman, had a good shot from the point, and could certainly pitch in on the power play. We go back to one of his better games as an Islander, February 16th, 1989, at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Islanders hosting the St. Louis Blues, Greg Millen, the goalie for the Blues, Kelly Rudy in between the pipes for your New York Islanders. And the Isles get on the board first, Brian Trottier, his 14th from Greg Gilbert and Miko Makala at 8.37, Isles up one to nothing. But a little more than five minutes later, Paul Cavallini ties it for the Blues, his fourth from Mike Lawler and Greg uh, Pazlowski, 1-1 after 20 minutes of play at the Coliseum. In the second period, though, the Islanders go on the power play when Craig Cox was off for hooking. And our Islanders' birthday of the day. Reed Larson pots his eighth of the year. Trottier and Makalo with the assists at 5.07. Isles up 2-1. Islanders get another power play chance when Greg Puzlowski is off for hooking. And Pat LaFontaine makes St. Louis pay. His 31st from Gerald Diddick and Jeff Norton at 9.30. Isles up 3-1. Alan Kerr makes it 4-1 at 11.42. Mark Bergevin, the only assist. And then with two minutes left in the period, the Isles take a 5-1 lead as Randy Wood scores his eighth. Pat LaFontaine and our Islanders' birthday of the day, Reed Larson with the assist. Islanders 5, Blues 1 after two periods. In the third, Reed Larson heads off for cross-checking. And Brett Hull. His 26 from Paul Cavallini and Bernie Federko at 4:14. That makes it a 5-2 game. But the Islanders answer nine seconds after the Brett Hall goal. Pat LaFontaine, his 32nd. Brad Delgarno and Dale Henry with the helpers at 4:23. Then a power play goal by Brad Delgarno with Doug Evans off for boarding. His 11th. Reed Larson, our Islanders' birthday of the day. And Pat LaFontaine with the assists at 15:40, A late power play goal with Brent Sutter in the box for roughing by Brett Hull. Makes the final score 7-3. Bernie Federko and Peter Zezel with the assists. Islanders win it by four goals. A good showing by Kelly Rudy. 26 saves. Greg Millen chased in this game and replaced by Vincent Riandu. He gives up the last goal by the Islanders, but for Reed Larson, our Islanders' birthday of the day, a goal, two assists, he is a plus one, and he had two shots on goal in this game. So once again, Reed Larson is our Islanders' birthday of the day. He turns 66 on Saturday, and we wish him a very happy birthday and many happy and healthy more. That is going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. 
Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast, available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Have a great weekend, everyone. Hard to believe August is just around the corner. We'll be back Monday with the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. And, of course, let's go Islanders.